Book of Judges tonight, Judges chapter number 24, where we were this morning, Judges chapter number 24, and uh, I want to be very practical but very helpful tonight, and uh, Judges chapter number 24, and as I'll remind you that this morning, uh, we were in the first part of this chapter, first 15 verses, and uh, we looked at the, uh, probably the most well-known verse in this chapter and where Joshua makes a statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the message this morning was the need for a Joshua decision. Uh, could you imagine what would take place in our world if Christians just made the same decision? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, so we looked at that this morning, and I want to look at the latter half uh, of this chapter. There are so many uh, nuggets of truth in the book of Joshua. So many practical principles that translate to our life today, to the, to the world we live in today, and I certainly want to use this tonight uh, to be a help to us and to be practical, uh, but we're going to look, we looked at through verse number 15, we're going to pick up reading tonight in verse number 16, and we'll read down through verse number 24, so follow along with me if you will, and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will, he, will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, and he will turn and do you hurt and consume you, after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnessing against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Uh, as I've already mentioned, I want to take a practical look at this passage of Scripture. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 21. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Nay, but we will serve the Lord. As we looked at our text this morning, Joshua made a declaration to the people. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. I wonder if that had an effect on the people's response. I think it did. And they said, nay, we, but we will serve the Lord. That's the title of the message tonight. Uh, nay, but we will serve the Lord. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and gentlemen in the, in the sound booth, I'm going to switch to the other mic after I pray, but let's ask the Lord uh, to bless the service tonight. Father, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to open your word. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to see what you have for us this evening. May we look at the word of God uh, as instruction tonight. Uh, may it give us knowledge. Uh, but Father, may the Spirit of God bring with that knowledge uh, conviction in areas where we need to be convicted. May we constantly allow the Word of God to prod us and push us to greater life of faith so that we can serve you in a greater way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bear with me, if you will. 
All right. I was enjoying the music so much, I forgot to put my microphone on. And so uh, here we go. Uh, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. As we saw this morning, Joshua, we know, has brought the people to this point. Uh, in Joshua's going to, his life is going to end. God's, God's through with Joshua, and he's going to go on to be with the Lord. But before he goes, he reminds them of the choice they have. The gods they left behind are Jehovah God who brought them to the point uh, where they are. <laughs> we find verses 16 through 24, uh, we find a response. And the response is, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Uh, and this is the angle I want to come at this tonight, because if we were to flip a few pages ahead in the book of Judges, uh, we find that the people did not serve the Lord. They did not, and Joshua's last words to them were a confirmation of his words tonight. He tells them in, the, in I believe it's chapter 2 or chapter 3, he tells them, ye have not obeyed him, and therefore God is not going to drive your enemies away. And I'm paraphrasing, his anger is hot against you. And then Joshua dies and is buried. And they, they said in chapter number uh, 24, nay, but we will serve the Lord. And in Judges chapter number 2, we find they didn't serve the Lord. And I bring this up and make this point because this is the point I want us to see. It's a lot easier to say we're going to serve God than it is to actually do. It's a lot easier to say when the Joshua is up saying, hey, everybody, pay attention. There's two choices. The false gods are Jehovah God. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, think about who Joshua was to them. They saw Joshua with the sword. They saw Joshua use that sword. They knew Joshua was God's leader, and he's saying, all right, I'm putting you on the spot. Choose you this day. And by the way, how, for you not to serve God is evil. That's the only reason that you would not choose him is because you think it's evil to serve God. I mean, there's some pressure there. Uh, there's pressure to make that choice. And Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We find in verse 21, nay, but we will serve the Lord. We find the beginning of a dark period in the book of Judges where the people did not do what they said they were going to do. How that must have hurt the heart of God. There were consequences to those actions. Here's another good reminder for you and I tonight that God lets us, God lets us choose. God is a God of free will. And it is much easier for us to say we're going to serve Him than actually do it. I mean, I want you to think about our service tonight, and I want you to think about what's going on in our world. Christianity has gotten so shallow and weak, and if I can say it like this, pathetic, when compared to the pages of Scripture. There's a lot of talk. There's not as much action as there is talk. And here we are on a Sunday night. Do you realize how many Baptist churches aren't even having Sunday night churches anymore? And then some of them that are probably shouldn't. Um, 
But here we are on a Sunday night because we want to honor the Lord. Because we want, it's the Lord's day, we want to honor His day. We came to get something from the Lord. I hope that's why we're here. But it's a lot, we would all say, the point I'm making is we would all say we would have a desire to serve the Lord. I, I very rarely question anybody's sincerity when they would say statements like, I want to serve God. I believe that if I know the people of this church, I can't know every heart, obviously, as God knows the heart. But I believe that as we leave after the service tonight, we're going to go out in this world, and we all have an intentions of being a light in this world. We have the intention of being a witness. We have the intention of putting into practice this week what we have heard today. I believe that would be our intention. But it's a lot harder to do than say we're going to do it. I wonder how many promises have been made to God at the altar of a church just like this with a sincere heart. I remind you what Joshua said, verse 14, to serve him in sincerity and truth. I believe it's easy to be sincere. We could be sincere and say in that moment, I want to serve God with my life. But we find that when the temptation comes, when the hardship comes, we find it's a lot harder to actually serve God in a pagan world than it is to say I'm going to serve God in the church walls. Such was the case with God's people. They declared, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Now let me just say, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Matter of fact, that ought to be what everybody in here says. We will serve the Lord. But we need to understand that there is a responsibility for us to follow through with this. Now, I want us to look in this passage of Scripture, and uh, I want to be very practical again tonight, and I, and I just got a few, few things I want to point out. Number one, we find the people's response to Joshua's challenge. Look at me again at verse 16 through 18. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we for, should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Now, remember, number one, the people's response to Joshua's challenge. Joshua has laid down a challenge. Joshua has been pointed and blunt in his challenge. Their response, first of all, in verse 16, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Even the people tied the two together. In order to, if you forsake the Lord, you're going to be serving other gods. Uh, there, there's no neutrality. If I'm going to serve the and what he was, he was uh, uh, giving them the option of, you, you serve God, you have to forsake the other gods. And so the people's answer said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, verse 17, He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Verse 18, And the Lord drove out from before us, all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for He is our God. The people reinforced what Joshua had told them at the beginning of this chapter. And he reminded them of what God has done. And what they are saying in verses 16 through 18 is, Amen. It's true. We know what God has done for us. 
We know he drove out our enemies. We know he has been good to us. That is the response. It May I say this evening, that's the right response. That should be the response when we think about what God has done and how good he has been. And Joshua brings it in the, them to this point of the decision and says, you have to decide. And they knew that what Joshua was telling them was true. Let me make a quick application because I want to get to where I want to go this evening. How many times do we sit in a church service and we know that the preacher who's preaching that book is telling us the truth? And there's nothing we can do but say, yep, that's right. That's what God said. Or if God said it, I don't really need to have an opinion about it. It's just something that I've got to acknowledge as truth. And let me tell you, it is, it is something when we think about God and talk about God and talk about his goodness, and I think all of us would say, yes, that's true. God has been good to us. That's a natural response for the child of God. I could go out and I could find a backslidden Christian in this world, and I can say, hey, God's been good to you. And nine out of a hundred will say, yeah, God's been good to me. That don't mean they're serving him as they should be serving him. But the response is not wrong. The response is right. It's an acknowledgement of what God had done for them. This is the response to Joshua's challenge. And might I say, it's the right response. Number two, the second statement I want to make from this passage tonight is this. We find God's warning to the people. In verse number 20, Verse number 19, Joshua reminds them that you can't be double-minded is what he's, what he's saying. You can't serve the gods and serve the, the world and serve God because he's a jealous God. And the warning that goes with that is in verse number 20. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. I probably should have taken the time to turn us to the book of Judges tonight, but I'm not going to because of time. If you... That would be a good study for you tonight or this week. Turn to the book of Judges, first couple of chapters, and you find that God says almost exactly what he says in verse number 20. They were warned. I hear what you're saying. But let me just remind you, if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt. Can I, can I just help us tonight with, 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 with this this point. When, when God tells us there's consequences for our action, when God tells us he is going to be displeased, when God tells us that there's chastisement, by the way, that's how we know God loves us, is when he punishes us and treats us as his own. Don't tell me America has not been blessed by God, but just watch the chastisement that comes on America. Uh, it's the same is true with the child of God. That we understand that. We know that. If, if, if a young person grows up in church, they've heard it preached. If it's a Bible preaching church, then why is it when a child of God turns against God and God removes his hand of blessing, they get mad at God? They want to talk about how God's being unfair. Well, I keep referencing Judges chapter number 2 and 3 and all the problems through the book of Judges is because of God's people not doing what they said they would do in Joshua chapter number 24. 
And you and I must be reminded, no matter the world we live in, we must serve God. We must proclaim we're going to serve God in an acknowledgement that he's been good to us, but we better do what we say we're going to do. Because God warns them, if you serve, if you forsake the Lord and serve straight and judge, make no mistake about it. Let me remind all of us as a warning to us. We need to stay close to God. Serve God, because when you, when you leave the things of God, you are forsaking God. And I think from time to time this needs to be said, because backslidden, bitter Christians like to make it about personality. When somebody leaves the house of God, they're not leaving the church. They're leaving God. When somebody leaves this book, it's not because they don't know whether or not it's the Word of God. They're leaving God. America has problems today is because it's forsaken God. There are consequences to forsaking God, and God is good enough to tell us what they will be. We know this, we understand this. And I really believe Christians could save themselves a lot of heartbreak and heartache if they would just do what they said they were going to do. And while I'm here, I might as well say, don't get mad at your pastor. I'll just put an exclamation point there. Don't get upset at your pastor because he just wants to hold you accountable for what you said you would do. He just wants to remind you what God said he would do if we forsake him. See, God's response, God's warning to the people is if you forsake me and serve strange gods, then he will turn into you hurt and consume you after that. He hath done you good. Didn't they just acknowledge how good God's been to them? Everyone, everybody in here would have to testify how good God's been to us. Well, this ought to serve as motivation to us to follow through on what we proclaim. Because sometimes God just removes that hand of blessing, and that's all that has to take for the crumbling in our life to begin. Because God gives a warning to his people, number three. And I'll follow up on, on a couple of statements I just made. It's found in verse number 22. Let's, let's, let's go back to our text, verse, verse 21. The people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Now, the title of our message is that last phrase, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And I remind you, it is in response to God's warning. Joshua says, this is, there's your choice. This is what I'm doing. And by the way, I'm speaking for Mrs. Joshua and all the little Joshuas. And we're serving the Lord. It's God or the gods of the other side. We're serving the Lord, and the people's response was, you're right, Joshua. God has been good to us. God has blessed us. God has driven out our enemies. God has taken care of us. You're right. And Joshua says, hold on, I want to make, you under I want to make sure you understand and get the full picture. You can't serve the other gods Answer Jehovah God because he's jealous. And then he says, if you do that, 
This is what God's going to do. And the people say, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Verse 22, Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen and the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. And the third point I want to make is tonight, the people, we find the people's responsibility to one another. Number one was the people's response to Joshua's challenge. Number two, God's warning to the people. Number three, the people's responsibility to one another. Joshua says, let me remind you what God will do if you don't. Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And more or less, he's saying, all right, did everybody hear everybody else say that? Your witnesses of what you all just professed to do. This is such an important point for me to make tonight. The people's responsibility to one another. Joshua said, you're witnesses against yourselves as ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. Now, let it be the record, Joshua did not choose that for you. You chose, you said, you're going to serve the Lord. And we're all witnesses, and let this be a witness against you, what you said you were going to do. That you said you were going to serve, your, serve God. You said in doing so you would forsake the other gods. This is not what Joshua imposed on the people. This is not what Joshua demanded of the people. This is, was not what God's leader of his people twisted their arm and, and made them do. He said, as for me and my house, we've made our decision. You decide, after God's been good to you, just get on the side. And the people said, you're right, Joshua. God has been good to us, and he has defeated our enemies. He said, let me warn you. That if you forsake, this is what God's going to do. Nay! Joshua, what are you talking about? Don't you know who we are? Don't you know? We would never say one thing and do another. Joshua had been around those people for a while. Nay! And when we get in that kind of a setting and the pressure is on, we don't like to think about the consequences of not serving God. And it's uncomfortable to think about when our heart is not in tune with his, the conviction, by, by, by the way, that ought to come from when we're not right with him. And we're not serving him as we should. There ought to be some pressure. There ought to be some conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit of God. He says, this is what's going to happen if you don't serve Jehovah. Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua says, okay, I heard it, but so did all of you. This would be kind of like a public statement of we're going to rear our baby in a baby dedication as the Lord directs us. You know nobody has ever dedicated a child at this altar where the pastor has pressured them to do that? As a matter of fact, I don't schedule one 
until the new parents bug me about it. Because it ought to be something that's serious. In many, I've been your pastor for eight years, and I've had the privilege to pray a prayer of dedication over a lot of children. And not one that I put any pressure that mom and dad, this is what you have to do or should do. It's a big statement to say that dad's going to be right, mom's going to be right, we're going to be united in rearing our child, a gift from God, according to this book. Don't get upset at your pastor if he preaches. That's what you should be doing. Because I heard you testify to it. It'd probably be the equivalent of a young man or a young lady walking the aisle and surrendering their life to full-time Christian service. I can't tell you how many young people, young adults, have gotten mad at me because I've reminded them of what, you, what they said. Well, I forgot about that. God hasn't. Your pastor hasn't. Now, I'm going to love you and I'm going to pray for you no matter what you do. But part of our responsibility is to say, you're a witness to yourself. And it's, it's sad, it's tragic, and in some ways I thank the Lord that he allows these things to take place, and the other time I'm like, ah, uh, why did you allow that to take place? You run into somebody who used to be serving God. And on one hand, I'm glad to see them, glad to talk to them, hope something there says, hey, let me encourage you, let me give But then to think about what they said and they're not doing. We've got a lot of God's blessed this church. There's men serving around the world who are sent out of this church. There's many sitting in these church pews tonight and work on our staff and work on our ministry who have been ordained in this church. That is a great responsibility. That is a statement of I'm going to serve God. Uh, it's the same in I'm using some public illustrations. But it's the same as when you kneel and privately maybe nobody may know about it and say, God, this is what I'm going to start doing for you. In essence, when a Christian says, I want to join the church, isn't that what we're saying? I mean, it says Baptist church on the outside, right? If you sit here any length of time, you know my heart is let's do what the Bible says to do as a church and let's make a difference in this world. And while I'm on this, if you agree to serve in a ministry and you know what is expected of you, please don't get mad at your pastor when I have to come to you and say, it might be better for you not to serve in this ministry because you're not fulfilling the obligations you agreed. Why does Joshua always have to be the bad guy? He's not. He's not. And what Joshua is saying, you're witness against what you all have said. Ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, we are 
witnesses. That sounds good, Joshua. And, and, and let me, I think I've said about everything I want to say in that respect on this point. But we say, what we say we're going to do for the Lord, there's a, there's a responsibility for us to do it. And that's why we should take seriously, when we make a commitment before God and a commitment before other Christians, it's a responsibility that we have. And we should not get upset if somebody wants to hold us to what we said we were going to do. But let me make another application to that tonight. We ought to understand the responsibility that we have to serve God because it affects those that serve God around us. When one of these, we don't know specifically who it is or what family it is, there were some tribes that were always prone to stray more than others. But when somebody didn't do what they said they were going to do, when somebody didn't tear down those false gods, or somebody, as we see in Judges chapter 2 and 3, began to build the false altars and serve Balaam, it had to have an effect on everybody else. Because they were all there. They were witnesses not just of what, to themselves of what they had said. They were witnesses of one another. And friend, if we don't do what we're supposed to do in serving the Lord, it affects other people. It more damage has been done to the cause of Christ by those who have said, Nay, but we will serve the Lord than this lost world has ever done. That's just the reality of it. Because we're witnesses. And by the way, that's why sometimes it's good to make some decisions you make public. Because the pressure's on. And that's why sometimes when we surrender our life, we make a decision that God's people ought to rejoice with, and God's people will uh, help and know how to pray for us. Uh, sometimes that's why we don't, because we know the pressure's on us. It's a point of surrender. So we find the people's responsibility to one another. I'll use myself as an illustration, if you'll permit me. I feel a sense of responsibility to live what I preach from behind this pulpit. Because it makes an effect. The same is true, and I, I think back to our meeting with the choir some time ago, and I, I walked through some of the expectations of a choir member and the fact that somebody who starts to attend our church, they see the people behind me, and they just assume they're all on the same page with me. They just assume that he, I mean, they are just, I mean, this is the, this is the, 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 the preacher, the pastor fan club. Do we have a secret handshake? No? No, I'm not shaking your hands. Uh, this is just, it's an assumption. We need to understand the responsibility we have that if we don't serve the Lord, it is going to affect somebody else in a negative way. That will be a great responsibility on us. Then number four, and I'm through. I conclude tonight with number four, the time for action. And the Lord put... Really, the Lord put both these messages on my heart very early this morning. And it's the Lord's timing. It's as the Lord would do it, but 
I believe for Christians in general, but for the Emmanuel Baptist Church, it's time for action. If I can just personally testify for a moment, I am so weary, I am more weary of Christian speeches than I am political speeches. We can talk a good talk, but are we going to get to action? Are we going to do what we said we would do? Are we going to serve the Lord? We as a church have the responsibility to, yes, serve God, put those strange gods away. We are witnesses, but it's a time to action. Look at verse 23. Now, therefore, put away. Okay? Now. You know what's different in preaching and sharing? Preaching puts you on the spot and makes you make a decision. I'm either going to reject what I'm hearing, or I'm going to let the Lord change me. That's why we have an invitation is to give an opportunity to do business with God. And I want God to do, okay, I'm going to reject the truth that's been presented or I'm going to accept it. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. He says, now, therefore, put away. If we're going to serve, we've got to put some things away. We have to leave some things behind. There's just some things that a Christian, a child of God, should just leave behind. And I would say, in in, in our young people who grew up in, in this church, it's a great privilege for them to grow up in a Christian home, grow up in a Sunday school department, grow up, have opportunity to serve the Lord. But I would just say on the heels of this, don't pick up the things that others are putting away. He says, now's the time. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. What is God saying? God's saying, pay attention to the Lord God. Give him an ear. I wonder how much more could be done in our churches and our church services, if God's people all came in with an ear listening for what God has for them, ready for God to speak to them. You know, God wants to do great things. God wants to do great things in 2021. I wonder how much will not get done in the life of Christians because we have yet to put away the things that need to be put away. And I could build a whole message on that this evening, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is is to conclude with this point. There's always a time for action. Thus far, it's been easy. Joshua says, this is what God has done. This is who he is. This is how good he's been. Here's your choice. I've made mine. Joshua, you're right. That's good preaching, Joshua. Amen, Joshua. Now, let me remind you, if you don't, God's a jealous God. And this is what he's going to do. Here's your warning. Nay. 
almost like they're saying, who, us? We will serve the Lord. Okay. You've made, we have, we have witnesses. We have a responsibility to one another. Every parent in here understands something. You have a responsibility to your children to serve God. And every young person in here, hear me well, you have a responsibility to your parents for you to serve God. We have a responsibility to one another. The pastor has a responsibility to his people, and the people have a responsibility to the pastor, and the people, we have a responsibility to one another to serve God. And then there's the time for action. I've already let you know that in Judges chapter number 2, and it's not a surprise to you, I'm sure that they didn't do what they said they were going to do. But make no mistake, God did do what he said he would do. And it's not a pretty picture. It never is. It's as simple as they didn't do what they said they would do, which is an easy conclusion for you and I to draw tonight. It's easier to say it than to do it. That's why I caution, and we do have a ministry-minded church, and I, I want to rear up another generation who's going to serve the Lord with their life. I pray for God to call preachers and missionaries and, and, and those that want to serve the Lord, and I, I always want to make this known to them before, I, before another man is ever, before a man is ever ordained or before uh, anybody ever enters in and goes, on, go, goes to, to, to pursue what God has for them. You better count the cost. Because if you base your decisions based only on what you see, that's just a fraction of what goes into serving God. Parents, God gives you children. It's not easy to rear them according to the Lord. If the devil wasn't trying to steal them, it wouldn't be easy. But he's actively trying to steal our children. It makes it a little more difficult. And only we, with the power of God and by His grace, we need to understand that responsibility. We need to understand what it means. And in the days ahead, and I really believe before 2021 concludes, we're, we're gonna, there's going to be Sunday school st classes started again and and ministry responsibility started again, and buses rolling, and all of these things. If you accept the position, if you accept the responsibility, you need to count the cost. Because it's easy to say, Pastor, can I do that? Well, this is what it requires. It requires this, and requires this, and requires this, and requires this. A lot of times it's easier to say I want to serve than it is to actually serve. Uh, let's not make the mistake of, as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, of talking about what we want to do for the Lord and never doing it. Talking about dreams and visions and never seeing them fulfilled. Quite frankly, I'm tired of looking at pictures on paper. I'm ready to see some concrete poured and still go up. And we can talk about it. Are we going to do it? We can talk about reaching our city with the gospel. 
There's a lot of churches in Jacksonville talking about it. They even have fellowships and get together and talk about it some more. But are we going to do it? Are we, go, are we going to seize the opportunity God has given us at this time? God put us together as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We can talk it, it's easy. Nay, we will serve the Lord. But are we going to follow through with that? Are we going to take the action necessary? Father,